You're listening to Between the Lines, and this is the Sunday recap for October 28th, 2018. Hey folks, thanks so much for tuning in. Today was a great day at Grace Fellowship Fort Thomas. 401 people came to worship with us as we continue to uh, go through our sermon series called Upside Down Living, which is taking us through the Beatitudes. Pastor Brad preached to us on the big screen, Matthew 5 and verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Uh, Probably one of my favorite things that he referenced during that sermon was the difference between reading and feeding on the Word of God. That got me really excited as I thought about how I've seen differences in my own life, both in reading and in feeding on the Word of God. And those are two helpful yet different things to apply in our lives. So I hope to generate some content on this podcast uh, in the coming days with regards to what the Lord has done in my own life in recent days, as I have uh, specifically chosen to feed on the Word of God in a specific area in which I wanted to grow in. So I hope to share that with you, and hopefully that'll be a blessing to you as well. Like I said, we had 401 people with us, and uh, we have grown our children's ministry. Uh, For the first time, we're using literally every single space, apart from our worship center, is being used for children's ministry during uh, at least our first service of uh, of the two services that we have each Sunday. So today we had, for the very first time, a children's ministry classroom being, uh, excuse me, for children's ministry being used in entrance B, which was the extra space that we uh, outfitted about a year ago um, when we grew in size and took advantage of another unit that was available to us within the, uh, the strip mall in which we meet. And it used to be used for uh, student ministry, and it's been used for several different other types of meetings, Connect, Grace for You, etc., cetera, uh, Bible Basics. But today, uh, we expanded our children's ministry into there because we are really, really growing in our church and particularly in our need for children's ministry space. So, uh, shout out to Taylor Cottle and uh, to her team of committed, faithful volunteers who serve either on a weekly basis or as substitute teachers. We are so grateful for how you serve and care care for the littlest ones among us and how you seek to show them the love of Christ. Whether you are perhaps like my wife, serving in the nursery every single week, holding a child, loving on the child, um, engaging with the child as much as you can, giving them their first positive experiences of local church ministry, showing them love from the body, or if you are preparing a lesson and teaching some of our fourth or fifth graders or anywhere in between, know that you are loved, you are valued, and we are really, really grateful for you. Uh, Earlier this Sunday, uh, on something completely different, I got to say goodbye to my in-laws. They spent the the previous weekend with us, so just wanted to give a shout-out to them and let them know that I'm really glad, we are really glad that they spent this weekend with us, that they were able to come to our harvest party, which we had on Friday, and uh, we always enjoy time with uh, Dad, Mom, and Hannah. So thank you so much for being with us, guys. Hope you got home safe, and we can't wait to see you in about a month around Thanksgiving. Wanted to share with you some other things, uh, just some things that I enjoyed reading over the weekend that maybe you would enjoy uh, reading. There was a New York Times article given by uh, about Alexandra Pelosi, and you say, I may recognize that last name, and in fact, you do. She's the fifth child, the youngest of five, and the daughter of House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi, and she wrote a really great, uh, excuse me, there was an article written about her entitled, Alexandra Pelosi Plunges into Trump Country. 
the documentarian daughter of the House Democratic leader goes, quote, outside the bubble. And I really appreciated a lot of what she had to say. Uh, Some things that stood out to me was uh, she said, we don't want our children to be pod people, talking about the danger of really just hearing your own opinions because birds of a feather tend to flock together, right? So you tend to agree with people within your echo chamber, but in reality, you're just in your echo chamber. And so she talks about the importance of getting to know the other side and then later on says, it's hard to hate up close. Uh, showing uh, that if you get to know people, it doesn't necessarily mean you'll change your perspectives, you'll have a different political or a different worldview, but hopefully uh, we, particularly as the people of God, would not be people who would be tempted to or given to hatred of other people, saying it's hard to hate up close. So I really appreciated what she had to say about that. I'll post a link to that in the podcast notes. It was a great article. Something else I read was a Gospel Coalition article on victim shaming, and uh, that's a bit much for me to get into right now, but um, it was talking about the sad state of affairs that we find ourselves in when we tend to blame the victims, particularly of sexual sin, uh, as opposed to giving the blame to where it is uh, most do, which is the perpetrator, the people who have who are sinning against the victims. So that may not make sense to you, but I'll post a, a link to that as well. And uh, that also leads me to let you know of some upcoming content that I'll be generating on the podcast, one of which will be elaboration on something I said in a sermon uh, in August regarding sexual purity that somewhat ties into the victim shaming thing, kind of, sort of. It had to do with modesty and how we talk about it in Christian circles, particularly in the church, and my call for kind of a rebranding, uh, a rethinking of how we express the important teaching about uh, modesty, particularly in dress for our young ladies, and thinking through how we uh, how we how we teach about that, how we speak about that, and really what I did was raise a problem. I'm not saying I have the solution necessarily, but just something that was on my heart with regards to that sermon that I preached back then. So hopefully there'll be some elaboration coming on that in the coming days. Also coming this week on Between the Lines, uh, you'll hear some clarification or some elaboration, if you will, on uh, the Mercy sermon that I preached last week, um, and I also mentioned two movements uh, mercy and the LGBT plus movement and mercy and the Me Too movements. And I wanted to provide some uh, commentary on that and also some clarification on that as to why I said what I said, why I stand by it, and why I think it's helpful for us to um, think through that as uh, thinking Christians in our day and age. And finally, I want to read to you from Matthew 4 and verse 23 and let you know why this particular verse was on my heart today as I read the... Uh, sermon, uh, excuse me, as I read verses leading into the Sermon on the Mount, preparing my own heart to worship the Lord uh, in church on this particular Sunday. Matthew 4 and verse 23 says, he went throughout all Galilee, this is talking about Jesus, of course, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. And I am emphasizing the fact that he taught in their synagogues. And if you're anything like me and you're aware of the events that at least at the time of this podcast are just about 24 hours old, uh, there was yet another massive killing and shooting of, uh, I believe, 11 people who were killed in a synagogue and uh, some others who were injured. I don't have the numbers. I don't want to I don't want to be flippant, but many people who were killed and injured uh, in a synagogue in Pittsburgh. So, of course, we are sad to hear of that yet again. And um, I just want to encourage you. uh, Something that I'm concerned about for me is that 
that I am becoming indifferent. I perhaps am becoming apathetic. Um, I was very uncomfortable with the reaction that I had to the news yesterday, which of course I was uh, put off by it, but I don't think I was as saddened by it as I would have been in another day and age. And I want to make sure that I am not slowly becoming like the culture of death in which we do live today in 2018. Um, So I think there's two ways we can be different from the culture of death in which we live. Uh, One of them is, of course, not to be proponents of violence of any kind uh, such as this. Uh, But I even think back to the events that took place last week of the mailing of different pipe bombs to many different people, political leaders and and whatnot, um, that, that went out last week. Um, we need to make sure that we are not proponents of violence of any type. Whether the violent acts are an attempt to or actually do bring about the death of others, we as Christians need to remember that all people are created in the image of God. And as angry as people may be over certain issues, even if, and it might even be rightfully so, the Word of God tells us that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, James 1 and verse 20, and therefore senseless acts of violence are not justifiable, particularly and especially among kingdom people like us. And if there's anything we've been constantly reminded of as we look at the Sermon on the Mount, as we look at the Beatitudes, is that we are kingdom people. We are sons and daughters of King Jesus. And therefore, senseless acts of violence are not justifiable um, for people who know and love and follow Jesus Christ. But there's another way that we can be different from the culture of death in which we live. Uh, And more importantly than not being a proponent of it, at least for me personally, is I don't want to get used to hearing reports of violence and death such that I'm uh, unaffected or or, or unmoved. Uh, And that's what can happen in our culture since these reports are becoming fairly commonplace. Um, There's no such thing as a news cycle anymore, folks. We live in an information age. The information is always coming at us. We can always find reports of people being killed individually or collectively as a group. And so I think we need to be careful to not allow us to become numb, to become uh, calloused to the culture of death in which we live such that we hear these things and we kind of say platitudes like, oh, wow, that's so sad. But in reality, we are indifferent. Uh, Indifference towards these things will cause us to cease praying, to cease showing mercy to those who are in need of it uh, the most. So it's my hope and prayer that we as people who have been granted eternal life would always respond with, (gasps) with a gasp to the news of the death of a fellow image bearer, a fellow man, woman, boy, girl made in the image of God. May we pause Just pause to take time to think about how difficult it would be to be a husband or a daughter or a co-worker or a neighbor or somehow related to those who were needlessly, senselessly killed in a place of worship yesterday. I really think that's important, friends. I think we need to pause and just put ourselves in their shoes, even if it's just for a moment, to cause us and even pray that God would cause us to get a little bit, just a little bit of a taste of what it might be like to be them right now. And instead of allowing the proximity between us and them, in this case, they're several hours away, instead of allowing that proximity uh, to lead us to apathy, may we speak to the one who is not far from them at all, our good, great, ruling and reigning God, as we pray for him to comfort, to heal, and to save to the uttermost. 
And so we pray that the God of all comfort would, in fact, bring comfort to those who are mourning, who are uh, grieving, and who need to feel and sense and know the love of Christ, perhaps most at this time in their lives. May God be with the people of Pittsburgh and particularly the people of that synagogue who are going through probably the toughest time they've known to date. Let's pray for them. Let's think about them. And let's talk to God on their behalf because we are kingdom people who love our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.